The NLT says it this way, the New Living Translation. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You see, what you believe is not flippant. You think that, oh, you know, what I believe about these things doesn't really matter. No, it's crucial. What you put in your heart, how you guard your heart, what you believe in your heart, whether you doubt in your heart, is going to determine the course of your life. I can put it this way. It's kind of like a central CPU. You know, computers, they've got a CPU, a central processing unit. You have a guidance system. Anything that flies automatically, like, like a, a, a missile or anything like that, or has got a guidance system in it. Your heart is basically your guidance system. What you believe in your heart is going to determine the direction you are going to fly in life. You will always default to what you believe in your heart. You can temporarily hear something. Oh, that's nice. Um, I can, I, but if you, you know, you can say, oh, well, that, and, and it could be different to what you believe in your heart. Maybe you can challenge you in a good way or in a bad way. And, and it can, you can hear it and you have the choice to put it in your heart. And we've spoken about this at length about the seeds and the sower and the heart, and, and I'm not going to go into that message because it's all wrapped up into this, but you can either determine to put it in your heart and let it grow and bear fruit, or you can choose not to. But what is in your heart is ultimately going to come out. It is going to default to what you're guiding, where you're guiding. And that's why I have to mention this, because what you believe about these topics that we are going to touch on with, with, with regard to this is crucial. It is understanding, okay, is God really in control of the world? John 10.10 10 says it this way. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full or have it to abund abundantly, as some translations say. So here we see that, hold on a second, who is the one stealing, killing, and destroying? Satan, he is the one beside. We, this, this verse is, is, sorts out a lot of theology. Good God, bad devil. I know it's real deep, okay? Can you say that with me? Good God, bad devil. Okay, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. But Shannon, I thought God was in control. That's the point. So let's, let's stick with the word, right? Because we've got to identify who is the good and who is the bad. So here, you know, you know people will say, well, you know, I, I, I suffered this tragedy or I'm in hospital. God is trying to teach me something. Have you heard that one, right? God is, God is trying to teach you something because you were sick or God is trying to teach somebody or God's going to use this sickness. Listen, God will use you no matter where you are. He doesn't have to use you in sickness. I tell you what, God cannot be the author of sickness because he is life. Exactly. And he is love. <laughs> so we'll get into that. But let's start here. John 10.10 10 is just simple. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you can have life and life to the full. You see, God has always loved us. Even, listen carefully, even while we were sinners. Now, I know that that is, that is hard for some theologians to understand, but God has loved us while we were still sinners. So while somebody is a dirty, rotten scoundrel being the worst possible sinner, God still loves them. 
God still loves you if you're in sin. God hasn't changed toward us. God has loves us, but not because of what we have done. God loves us because he is love. And that's another topic. But remember, we are just touching on the things. Remember that God, Romans 5, 8 says it this way. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, trying to reconcile the sovereignty of God, right? Have you heard the term sovereignty? The NIV uses the word sovereign. I don't think it's in any of the other translations particularly, but the word sovereignty of God. You know, when, when Christians mean, well, God is sovereign, you know, we just don't understand what God is doing with this. You know, we, they, they use this term sovereignty. So we have, to, we have to sort of define what is sovereignty. Because by, by the actual dictionary definition, sovereignty is a pretty good word. And I kind of like these definitions. Listen to this. It's a supreme ruler, especially a monarch. Um, he, it, it is... Um, uh, here it is. I'm trying to read here. One possessing or held to possess supreme political power or sovereignty. Uh, there's, it talks about a coin. Okay, in the, in the definition, we've got nothing. To, um, he is of the most exalted kind. He's the supreme. He is unmitigated, paramount, indisputed ascendancy, unlimited in extent, absolute, autonomy. Those are words that we know are true about God. God truly is sovereign. He is all-powerful but is he changing his mind no he doesn't change his mind absolutely because God is not a man it says in 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 numbers 23 19 God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should change his mind does he speak and then not act does he promise and not fulfill you see as we process the sovereignty of God we have to understand this important thing God, there are things that God cannot do. Well, Shannon, it sounds like you don't worship God. <laughs> no, we do. But there are things we've got to understand that God cannot do. He is truth, right? Because he is truth, God cannot lie. He cannot lie. He can't choose to say, oh, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to change my mind about this thing. No. He cannot fellowship with darkness because he is light. He cannot be evil because he is good. He cannot be unfaithful because he is faithful. Those are just some of the areas. There are things that God cannot do. But we want to, re we want to relegate this thing to a, just an unknown thing and say, well, God is, God is, God is, is just, we just don't understand him. And, and, and we just, we, we, we can't understand him and he is sovereign. That's the word we want to throw in there. But that's actually not true. You see, God gave us his word. He reveals himself through his word. God bound himself to these certain things. He declared himself to be a certain way, and he isn't changing his mind. He is truth. He is not a lie. Okay? That's important because when God gives something, it's given. God actually has integrity. He cannot say to you, I'm going to give this thing to you and then take it back. He cannot say, I'm going to promise you this and not fulfill. He cannot. Listen to this. He cannot promise you something and not fulfill it. This is the very foundation of our faith. 
It's our very foundation. It's, it's why we can trust his word implicitly and we can have faith and because God has integrity. He is not a liar. God has chosen to reveal himself through his word. And so if we say, if, if <laughs> the, the danger in a lot of theology today is that we don't really, or many people, gen, generally, even people that say they are Christians, they don't take God at his word. They throw out pieces of the word of God, pieces over here, pieces over there, and, and they cause, well, they'll take one scripture out of context to this scripture. Or that, but listen, God's word paints one solid, complete picture of who he is. Who he is, how he's revealed, it is a consistent picture of what God is like. Who he is. He first revealed himself through his names in the Old Testament. We, there are a bunch of names of the names of God, and that's not today's topic. But God revealed himself, who he is, through his names. There are other ways that God revealed himself, and we'll look at some of those in, in a second over here. But, but his, his word is one of the ways that he has revealed himself. Okay, so listen to this in Psalm 119, verse 89. It says, in the NIV, it puts it this, one, word, uh, this way in the NIV. It says, your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. I'm going to read it in a couple translations. They probably won't all be on the board. It says, your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. The, the English Standard Version, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. New King James, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. The message says it this way. What you say goes, God, and stays as permanent as the heavens. What you say goes as permanent as the heavens. So God has given us his word. His word is firmly settled in heaven. It is the, that's why when we teach on faith, we say faith, we have to, you, you, you need, you, grace is revealed in what God's will is what he has given to us. We understand what he's given to us freely in Christ through his word. We take him at his word. We believe and trust that God has integrity because of what his word says. You see, people will leave the word because they will, they will delve and step into circumstance theology. You know what circumstance theology is? We leave what doesn't matter what the Bible says anymore. We, we, we're not going to go about what's happened to me or sister so-and-so. Well, you don't understand. Sister so-and-so prayed and it didn't happen, so God's not like that. Excuse me? You're going to base God's character and your understanding of God's character by somebody's experience? No. You cannot look at God. We cannot, <laughs> we cannot even be a Christian without believing in the supernatural. God has revealed himself through the word of God, and it is firmly settled in heaven. So God gave us his names, he's given us his word, and we can stand on it. That is why we, 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 we have these, these things that we have built into Lake Haven over here so that we can get established in his word, right? So we do, we do well, we do a few things, but life groups, you've heard, we, we, we want people to be established in relationship and get grounded in the word through life groups. And then, of course, we don't have a Sunday school, we have a Saturday school. 
with Keith, with Keith Bowden. We have a Saturday school on, on, on Saturday nights, and, and that is to help people get grounded in the Word. And why do we have it on Saturday nights? Because I believe Keith is world-class teacher, and that's when he's available. <laughs> Saturday nights, you know, and, and, it, and, and it can get you grounded. I'm, I'm telling you, the more... I've, I've been in this just for a few decades, only a couple decades, and I, have, I am still learning for, about the Word. But I, I, I was down at um, Karis yesterday, and, and, and we were, I was just talking. And I said, you know, when you deal on the subject, say, for example, one of the difficult subjects like healing or whatever the case is, you cannot dabble in healing. You can't dabble in an understanding of God. You can't just get, oh, one or two scriptures and come up with your own reasoning. If you want to be a student of the Word and get stuck into the student of the Word, you've got to get stuck in. You've got to roll up your sleeves and decide and pursue it and get interested, get read books about it. If you want to understand something, it may take a bit of effort. Yes, effort. I'm not talking about effort to make God love you anymore. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about pursuing, understanding, learning. We've got uh, life groups. Norman and Linda run, uh, you know, moving your invisible lamp. People's lives are being touched and changed. How is that? Why are people's lives being touched and changed? Because we expound the word. People get, in, get stuck into the word. They find out about the character of nature of God. They believe it. Lives are changed. Lives are changed because we are the one that conform to his image. We are the one that see his image through the word of God. He reveals himself through the word of God. There are a lot of churchianity, there's a lot of churchianity out there. This is not about Sunday Christianity. This is about, about hearing the word and putting it into practice. Keith, Keith was up here two weeks ago and he was talking about the, the was it a surfer or a beach bum or something who came into the church, you remember? And he had, he had been reading, got saved, was reading the Bible and he came and he said he wanted to do the stuff, right? So he wanted to, when are we going to do the stuff, the, the supernatural stuff, you know? So we were joking. We said, you know, maybe we should call it instead of, you know, we should call it, we were thinking about Kingdom Academy or, or and then he said, so we started calling, maybe we should call it Stuff Academy, you know? Stuff Academy, and then I think Tracy said we should call it Stuff University. And I thought that could be interesting because it could be Stuff You. And then I thought, no, hold on a second, that would be strange. We can't just do, you know, can you have a t shirt? You know, I go to Stuff, I think that could be all misinterpreted, you know. But we, but we want to learn about the stuff, right. Listen, this is a supernatural gig, guys. If we here are just, if we're just Christians in normal flesh, then we are carnal Christians. Yes, you can go to heaven, but, but, but we believe in a supernatural. We believe in life after death. We believe in a God, a creator who spun, spoke these all into being. The world doesn't see that. They're trying to give explanations about, no, we all evolved from an explosion and, 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 and murky gases and everything like that. Then we all evolved into complex beings. And it's, it's, it's ludicrous to me to think like that, but that's how the world, the world has to try and explain this without God. It's, it's a spiral. But, but, but guys, we believe this. If you're a believer and you, 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 we believe in the supernatural, we believe, like Pastor Greg mentioned, we believe in, in, in life after death, about heaven. This is just one of the ages. You know that there are ages, plural, to come. We are living, according to 2 Timothy 3, it says that we are living in the last days. Last of the last days. 
I mean, when you see that, um, if you, it's interesting, go and study 2 Timothy 3, you see that those signs of what, what are happening are happening. But that's for another day. But it is the last of the last days. We are, we trust this is all supernatural. I don't want to, I, I want to learn about this stuff. We have to learn about it. And, and, and Overflow, as so as you know, Overflow is doing really well. We are, we are studying about flowing in the supernatural. That's what our Overflow Wednesday night service is all about. This is just another tool where we come to work practically understand the flow of the supernatural. We're going through Pastor Greg's book. I think we're going to be doing chapter, what's it, 19 and 20? Is it that this week? I think it is, 19 and 20 this week. But, but we, th- these, these are understanding the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that God is with us? That's a reality, people. Jesus said, I'm going away so that the Holy Spirit can come and be with you. So that we can have a comforter. So that we can have a helper. And that he will be with us forever. And that he will teach us and he will remind us and he will show us things to come. That is the supernatural. So God has revealed himself through his word and he reveals himself through his spirit. He leads us in a supernatural life. Okay. So, moving right along. I have to touch on this now. Free will. Now this is a sacred cow because people, there is a lot of believers out there that don't believe that man has free will, which is, again, ludicrous to me. We absolutely have to have free will. Why do I say that? Okay, let's, let's look at this. I'm just touching on free will, but it's important to understand. Okay, God loves us and he created us as the objects of his love. Without free will, we would be unable to love. It's truth. Because you cannot, something has to be able to choose whether it can love or not love. If it has no choice, it is impossible to actually give and receive love. That's the reason why God placed one tree, only one, in the garden with Adam. He placed a tree in the garden. There were many trees for fruit. One tree in the center of the garden, and it's not an apple tree, by the way. <laughs> it doesn't say apples. It just says a tree. Place a tree in the garden. Why? So that Adam could either choose to obey or choose not to obey. He had to give man choice. If man never had a choice, then Adam would not have been have the ability to choose to be with God or choose to hide himself from God. He chose. We in him chose. We have free will. We have free will. Adam and Eve chose. Cain chose just looking at Adam and Eve and Cain you understand that right there Adam I mean Cain chose to pick up a stone and kill Abel was God behind Cain's decision 
Abel was the subject of Cain's choice in that particular situation. So here's a couple of other questions. I'm going to throw these out here just for you to chew on. If he, God doesn't control Cain, who exactly does God control? Does he control the storm that Jesus rebuked? Did he, does God cause the sick? Did God create or choose to allow the sick people that Jesus healed? Was Jesus undoing God's will? How about this about you? I'm going to ask you a question. Does God make you drive the speed limit? Right? <laughs> you choose whether you want to obey the speed limit or not. And every other law that's out there. Does God always make us choose to walk, act in love? No, these, these are choices. We, we, are, we are given things to, we, we can, God lays out teaching for us. Why is he even teaching? So that we, we can choose to listen to teaching. You can choose to apply teaching, hear teaching. You can choose to go to Bible school or choose to come to Saturday school or choose not to. Choices are yours. You will and I constantly have the ability to choose. So free will is, a, is something that we've got to understand. Without it, we do not have the ability um, to be able to make a choice. We do not have the ability to love. Uh, so God, and remember this, God, God's nature is love and God's desire for us, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, right? God's motive has always been love for you and me. Always been motive. It's always been God's motive. So Understand that. Okay, so then we spoke. So wait, we see God is integrity. We see that man has a free will. Now we've got to understand something. What, what is happening in the world? Okay, God gave, that's an important word, he gave earth to mankind. He gave it. Gave it. Let's look at these, these verses. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, I'm going to read 26 through 28. God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Psalm 8, verse 4 to 6 says this, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, Elohim. You made him a little lower than God, actually, and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler, you made him ruler over the works of your hands, and you put everything under his feet. Psalm 115, verse 16, The heaven... Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. I know that Keith has been teaching on the authority of the believer in Saturday school, and, and we don't have time to go there I mean, to talk about that here, but the earth has been, was given to Adam and Eve. 
there is a limited lease on this earth. No different to if you had a rental property. God gave the age of men. We were given this. We, we, we as humans gave this lease to Satan. Yes, we gave it to the devil. This is an important understanding. We gave it to the devil. Jesus calls the devil, listen to the words Jesus said. He said, the prince of this world calls him the prince. Jesus calls Satan the prince of this world. Jesus suffered a temptation. Do you remember what one of the three temptations were? One of the three temptations that Jesus suffered was when the devil came to him and said, see, look at the kingdoms of this world. If you will just bow down and worship me, I will give them to you. Now, if that would not have been a temptation to Jesus at all if they were already Jesus's. That would have not been a temptation to Jesus if they already were God's. They were not. That's why it was a temptation to Jesus to be offered the kingdoms of this world. If you don't like broccoli, I like broccoli. I don't know, what is your, your favorite unvegetable or vegetable you don't like? You can say, let's call it broccoli. Okra, whatever. Okay. <laughs> You don't like it. Somebody can't tempt you with broccoli or okra if you hate it. Yeah, you can have some okra or broccoli. No. You see, Satan was the God, is the God of this world, the prince of this world. And there's other scriptures that say, that, that, uh, that tell us that, that he is the God of this age. That's in John 12, 31, John 16, 11. I can't, I'm not going to go into all of them. And then, it's, and then it says that he, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers, those who will not believe, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Listen to it. The God of this world. The God of this world. This is important to understand because when you see that the world is under the influence of a prince, the God of this world is the devil. What did he come to do? We started in the beginning. Steal, kill, destroy. Jesus says that he came, to, that he came uh, for life and life abundantly. In fact, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So we see that this is what Jesus does. In John 3, 8, it says this. Um, uh, 1 John 3, 8, it says, He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. He was victorious in this. But guess what? We as believers, we are still living in a world, though Satan has been, he has been triumphed over this worldly system is still under his influence as people submit to him humans believers and unbelievers alike can submit either to the spirit of god or they can submit to the power of the devil or just choose their own way because they have the power of choice so let me let me put this practically how about we're saying, okay, Shen, why is this all important? Think through this for a second. Somebody's beautiful child gets killed, run over by a, a car, 
or driving in a car, as commonly happens, somebody drunk rushes over them, kills them. Or texting in, that's a big one now. Texting. Do you see where free will is influenced here? Those people chose to drink, or they chose to text and drive, they chose not to listen, and somebody gets killed in the process. God had nothing to do with that. God set up the world. He gave it to man. Man handed his lease over. The world is operating as God created it to. But there is going to be an end of this age. This lease will run out. The end of this age will come. So, how do we know to, that God is not behind? Why did, why, did, why did God allow these things? Well, <laughs> we, we've spoken about this many times, but Jesus said this. Uh, we've got to understand that he is the exact representation of the Father. God revealed himself by his, through his word and the spirit, as we've spoken about today. But we've got to understand that Jesus showed us what God looked like. In the flesh, he showed us what God looked like. So reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see four different opinions, four, uh, I'm sorry, not opinions, viewpoints of four men that experienced Jesus. Jesus was the exact representation. We've got scripture that you've heard me teach on before. Philip, John 14, says this in, in verse 8. Show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own, rather it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. Colossians 1:15 says, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. He is the image. Jesus, that's amazing because God, we are told, is invisible. But here we are, God, the invisible God gets represented. Jesus came to show us what God looked like in the flesh. So if somebody said, oh, well, I want to see God, look at Jesus. Read the Gospels. When you see Jesus, how he interacts with people, guess what? You see God in the flesh. When you see Jesus with when you see him healing, when you see him forgiving, when you see him, all of these ways reveal God the Father's nature. You see him, the woman caught in the act of adultery. Remember? Neither do I condemn you. Go in peace. Or you see him with the woman at the well. This is the nature of the Father, the loving. That, that is a profoundly important truth to get your heart established in that's why it's so important to read Matthew Mark Luke and on but John but not just to read it like you you're religiously powering through the Bible to try and read your Bible in a year that's not get to understand look say to yourself when I see Jesus I'm seeing the father Colossians, I mean, Hebrews 1, 2 says it this way. In these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the eggs into the eternal lake of fire. God is not death and destruction. He is the firstborn from this. He has defeated hell, death, and the grave. 
So we, we have understanding we have a free will is both, both a gulp factor because it's like, hold on a second, you know what I mean by gulp factor? Because it puts the responsibility into us. It's, it's our choice. And sadly, we are influenced by others' choices. Just like I mentioned, Abel was. Abel had his head bashed in by his brother with a rock. That was in the first family. Not the American first family, the first first family. <laughs> Very first family. Abel had nothing to do with that. God didn't allow Abel to be murdered. God is not the author. We have the ability. So that, I know that, you know, <laughs> we, we like to push these things off because we, we say to ourselves, you know what, it's easy for me just to rather say, God is sovereign, God is in control, because you know what? Then it's not my responsibility. I, don't, I, can, just, I can just live like I want to live, and then I, can do, I don't have to, it's not up to me. But the word of God tells us that people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Which means that you and I can learn we can get acquire knowledge. We can go to Bible school. We can come to Saturday school. We can come to church. We can learn, acquire knowledge that will save our life. Proverbs is full of life-saving knowledge. Proverbs tells us how to live. It tells us how to talk. It, tells, it, 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 talk, it, it says it, there, is, there is a way. Jesus, the, the pathway of life is given through his word. It's like God saying, listen, guys, I have got the way for you, and he gives us the way. We can choose to walk in the way or not. We can choose to even hear the way or not. And then, even if we are walking in the way, there are drunk drivers out there. There are mudslides. There are hurricanes. Uh, do you really think God is there saying, oh, where am I going to create a hurricane today? Turn up the hurricane level. I want it to be a cat five and I want it to go this way. No, God's not causing storms this world was handed over it's in the presence the bible says that it's groaning creation groans waiting for the sons of god to be revealed we have authority god gave us authority as keith has been teaching god great gave us authority and we can exercise authority but it comes with knowledge do you know that 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 listening again it's imperative if we want to if we want to learn to function in 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 this in this world if we want to be if we want to grow in protection in understanding we we want to we want to we want to be led by the spirit we want to hear the voice of the lord if that is, that can save your life it can save other people's lives it can prosper you if you know how to hear god by the Spirit of God who is your helper and he's going to lead us into all truth, you can prosper you because, you know, God, I'm not so sure about this business deal. And you pray about it and you think, oh, go for it. Everybody's saying, oh, no, I'm going to touch that with a pole. And yet your heart's saying, mm, you should go for this. But because you know the Spirit of God and you become familiar with his leading, you say, okay, I'm going to go for this. And bang, you bought Apple shares right in the beginning. Or Google shares, whatever it is. Because... 
or, or the vice versa, right? Oh, this is a sure thing. Get involved. Man, how many Christians have got into stuff like that? Why? Because the Spirit of God is inside us. He will show us things to come. You can prosper. We can learn to operate in these things. You know that, that 9-11, right? Have you heard the stories from 9-11? It's, it's amazing. 22 something. If we see trouble coming and take cover, we're wise. But it says that simple people just carry on and they suffer the consequences. Now, listen, I'm not saying that we're all simple when we miss it. But what it's saying is that if we are wise, we see trouble coming, we anticipate it, we take cover. That's what Proverbs teaches us. Okay, so I know that this is a, like I said, this is a, a, a big topic. But why it's important is because people have discredited God. People, it's saying these words, saying, oh, God is in control. Don't worry about it. Has shipwrecked, as I said earlier, the faith of many people. I don't understand that. God, you say God loves us, and well, this is why. So my challenge again to you this morning. What are you going to do with this? If you have questions about this, and I'm sure there may be some, feel free to type them out, send an email to Dave or text the number and just say, hey, Dave, contact me or whatever, and Dave will be in touch with you. And we'll, we'll try and, because normally they're the same sort of questions, and Dave and I are going to touch on this a little bit. We're going to discuss this next week if there are those things. But look, I don't understand everything. But one thing I understand is that God is good. These things are sure. If you, if you want to go through, I, and listen, I, I, it confused me at first. I, I had to study it until my heart, my heart, I'm saying that again, was established in the truth of these things that I'm talking to. What am I talking about again? I'm saying things like, God is not a man that he should lie. God has integrity. God has revealed himself through the word, through the spirit. He's revealed himself through Jesus. We have a free will. All of these things are, these are essential understandings. And listen, as I said, there are churches out there that don't teach this. There are churches out there that say they don't believe in free will. There are churches, and I see arguments and people will argue about that and, and whatever. I am, all I'm saying is that what I see in the word of God is clear and it's consistent with our why we say God is a good God and God is good all the time. It's consistent with the fact that John 10, 10, the thief is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and I have come that you can have life. God wants us to have life and enjoy it. He has given us tools. And listen, it doesn't matter. This is, it, people can twist this and say, well, are you saying that it's my fault? Listen, does it, it doesn't matter where we're at. If we're sick, if we're broke, if we're suffering under whatever it is, there is promises for us, and we've spoken about this, to, to, to lay hold of to get us to where we're supposed to. Second Peter chapter 1 says that he has given us his great and precious promises that by them we can partake in this life. He has freely given us these things. And, and we teach. I mean, it's by grace through faith, right? By grace, through faith. Like Pastor Greg said, and you've heard me say many times since then, this is not automatic. 
because God has given us his promises, we lay hold of them by faith. There are all of these factors. So what we've been teaching over here is a consistent given picture of who God is, how we participate in the promises, and where the devil is, right? Good God, bad devil. So God isn't controlling everything in the world. Amen. 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 So, again, I, I'm just thinking, I want to make sure I don't, you know, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So what do we choose, right? We believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth. We lay hold of salvation. We lay hold of all the promises of God. And that's not good where I'm teaching today. But I hope that I've given some food for thought. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you do care about us deeply, that you have shown us how much you love us, how much you care about us. Father, I pray that everybody who in the sound of my voice, present, or whether it's online, or by YouTube, Father, I pray for each of us to have a deeper revelation of who you are, what you are, how much you love us, what you have done to deliver us, what you freely offer us in Jesus, the forgiveness that you offer us. Father, thank you that you are our sovereign. You are the ultimate God. Father, we thank you that you are consistent and reliable, faithful, that you are not a man that you should lie. And Father, be voices of love to reassure people going through a tragedy. They say, hey, this is not from God. God loves you. He wants the best for you. No matter what tragedy you've experienced, personally or you see close to you, God loves you. He cares about you. He wants the best for you. He wants you to have life and life more abundantly. May our message and our life message be consistent, be one of love. Thank you, Jesus, that you have shown yourself so clearly. You've shown us, God, the Father, so clearly. And Spirit of God, thank you that as we dwell on these truths, they become ultimately settled in our hearts. We have no concern. Lord, my prayer for each one of us is that when tragedy comes, or when something happens, our very first thought is not, why did this happen? Why did God allow this to happen? But the very first thought that we are assured is, this is not of God. God has a way out. God has a way to bless me. 
Father. May that truth be real. This morning, if you, if you haven't chosen Jesus, remember, it is our choice. If you're watching online, it's your choice. If you've not choose, chosen to make Jesus Lord of your life, let's pray that together and just say, Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me, that he paid the price for my sin on the cross. Every sin, past, present, and future, has been paid for. I don't trust in my own salvation, my own works. I trust in Jesus. Jesus, I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Thank you for loving, loving me, dying for me. And I declare you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name.